Hello, world. Welcome to the Speed Strength Show. I'm Tommy. And I'm Braden. And tea is just dirty water. Ooh. See, this was, I told you that I was worried about offending people. So I, I want to offend people with that. Well, yeah, I know, like, probably not, but like, in some cultures, tea is very, is very significant culturally. And so, like, I'm just saying it tastes bad to me, in my opinion. Nothing wrong with tea other than it, again, tastes bad to me. But <laughs> does it depend on the flavor? Have you tried different types of tea? I have tried different types of tea. And, like, it's not that I seek them out. So, I haven't tried a lot of types, I don't think, but I don't seek them out because I have not enjoyed any kind of tea that I've had. And I have tried different flavors. Chai tea is okay. I enjoy green tea with honey. I think that's because honey tastes good because I don't like green tea without honey. So the common denominator is you like honey. So that's probably the yeah. reason why you, why you like it. Yeah. I don't mind tea. Tea is not bad. I don't really like coffee to be honest. I hate coffee. And I feel like more people are definitely on the coffee train than the tea train. I think that's probably true. Coffee, um, I don't think it's culturally significant. No, it's just needed for most people to function in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people uh, don't really like coffee, at least when they start drinking it, don't like it. And then they drink it because they need it. And then <laughs> they like it later. They develop a dependency on it. And then they're like, you know yeah. what? I need this. It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a cup of coffee. Yeah. What, uh, what teas have you, well, what, you know, what tea do you like? I guess. I don't really care. I'm not too picky. Really? I've gone into places before where if like you're going out to like, not anymore because you don't really go out for tea or drinks because of the Rona. But in the past, like I've gone to places before and I'll literally just talk to the person at the couch. Be like, What's the most normal tea that you have? Just give me the most normal tea bag in because you have to have all these like fancy orders and there's like 900 flavors that they've mixed together and put in a bag and throw in the, the water and whatever. So I'm just, like, just give me the most normal tea that you have. <laughs> I have said those legitimate words to somebody and they're like, okay, uh, it'll be that one. I'm like, perfect. Wow. That's okay. That's interesting. Like, it, you're not wrong though. When you're just like, it's, it's just stuff. Yeah. Like organic well, so, things like leaves like, and whatever. Yeah. And they just slap it in a bag and you throw that bag in the water and it. Yeah. Diffuses or whatever into the water in the cup. Yeah. So what, I guess if the, like the flavor doesn't seem like it matters to you then, well, what do you get out of tea? What do you like about it? Well, maybe I should rephrase that. I like tea as in if I go somewhere and I have to pick between coffee or tea, mm. I'll pick tea. But like I don't have, for example, like in the cupboards, tea and bags of tea and like things like that. Like I don't drink it on a daily basis. No, oh, okay. So that's, yeah, maybe I should take a step back and be like, I will drink tea. And if it's offered to me, I will take it. Mm. but I don't regularly under my own power drink tea. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So I think, yeah, I guess I, I would say I'm in the same boat then. Like I will accept tea. It's fine. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. 
I don't know. Like a green tea with honey is nice, but like otherwise, it, yeah, it's fine. I just feel like coffee is a lot worse than tea and most other beverages are a lot better than tea. Yeah, that's fair. Like I, I'll enjoy a warm beverage, like a hot apple cider, or hot, cho- hot chocolate's okay. You know, hot chocolate's good. Not super healthy, but it, yeah. it, it does taste really good. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like the, the flavor in a tea is so dilute. And what goes into tea as well? Like I swear I've seen, like if you go into some of those like, you know, fancy tea places, like some of it looks like vegetable scraps. I mean, I don't know. I've like the only fancy tea place I've been in is David's tea, I think. Yeah, and no, but I mean like if they have like, like an orange tea, for example, it's like you took the like you took the skin, the outside. Most people think about have an orange, you're just gonna throw that out. Yeah. And I've just dried it out and repackaged it, and now you've sold it to somebody. Like we were gonna throw this out anyway, but now you're gonna buy yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, it always I guess the at David's tea, it always seems like it's a powder. That you just kind of oh they disguise it, put in so they yeah, take all the the fruit and veggie scraps and they grind it yeah. up into a powder and you have no idea. I guess yeah I don't know I, I thought it was always just leaves but it's like now, hot dogs. Then I've gotten confused. Yeah. So anyway, not a fan. I don't think you offended anybody though. I hope not. I hope not. You simply don't like tea. That's all. Yeah. I don't think we can hold that against you. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. It, it doesn't, uh, I, I have good judgment about other things, even if you don't think I have good judgment about tea. Yeah, but if someone's going to solely base your judgment off of how you feel about tea, I feel like that's a bit of a narrow perspective to have. Mm, that's yeah. not a fair judgment. Yeah, they haven't even gotten to know me. They're just they might have not even people. listened to the previous episodes. Well, so, yeah, and they should because there's eight of them at least i think at this point yeah i've lost track but yeah i've lost track with yeah all the stuff that we've recorded and just the time frame and when we actually recorded them when they got released episode zero doesn't help Mm -hmm. because that throws off the the count that's true we've almost gotten too big for our breaches at this point i hope not yeah maybe not I, I like to think to, this is still a humble show. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. I enjoy <laughs> that saying. Braden's favorite yeah. saying. Yeah, one of them anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, so you mentioned stuff that you have in your cupboards earlier. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, not tea. No tea in my cupboards. Tea. No tea, no coffee, definitely no coffee. But, uh, you know, normal stuff. Theoretically, water bottles. Yep. Receptacles for things that could be water. We were talking about uh, water jugs earlier as weight. Yeah. And oh man, you asked me if I had a cat in my room. No way. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out. Oh uh, man. He's right uh, there. Just hiding <laughs> under the bed. He's so fat. Oh. All right. Okay, I'll pause it. You can let the cat out and then we'll we'll yeah. come back to this. That was amazing that the cat was actually there. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we were talking about before, I'm like, did you check to see if the cats are in? Like, I don't think any of them are in here. Maybe one's under the bed. I don't know, but we'll be fine. Let's just roll with it. Yeah. Well, I saw the one and I made sure the one stayed out, but then the other one sleeps under the bed sometimes. And I decided not to check because I'm lazy sometimes. So. That's a lot of work to get down on the ground to check under the bed. Yeah, yeah man. Knees are tender. So anyway, um, yeah, we were, well, also before we were talking about filling water bottles and putting water bottles in a backpack to be heavy because yes. uh, putting wet towels in your backpack is stupid. <laughs> oh, what a mess that would make. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do when you're training at home. That's right. Sometimes you got to do stuff that looks and feels stupid when you're training at home. But it's better than not training. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's the alternative mm-hmm. is no that's training. Right. And most people who enjoy getting exercise and going to the gym and doing stuff like that, that's not really an alternative that you want to explore. Well, yeah, for some people it's really, really like not, not just fun, but it's important to like mental health and uh, physical health, you know? Yeah. So, or your job or mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. Do you want an unfit firefighter to come save your life? Probably I mean, not. Are they going to save your life? Probably not. Well, no, but if there was, if they're fit physically, if they're fit, they would, if there's probably fit, a better chance that they're going to yeah. help you. So in some cases too, it's very important that you're physically mm-hmm. and mentally at the top of your game. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I, like you guys are now starting to deal with more gym closures where you are. Yeah, We're not quite yeah. at that point yet. I don't know if it's going to come down the next week or two, but yeah. Yeah. Ottawa, Ottawa, Toronto, Peel have closed and all of York region, I think is closing. It's probably all closed now, I think. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where she goes, but, uh, yeah, more and more people are training at home and trying to figure it out. What, um, what type of training have you been doing at home? If any, uh, well, I'm fortunate enough to still be able to access a gym. So I haven't been training at home lately um prior to uh the gym's reopening anyway um i was doing like body weight stuff mostly there's a little bit of weights downstairs um so you know i think i could load up a maximum of 135 or something like that on a barbell with all the plates that's not very heavy no so you know sets a 10 on squats and sets a 10 on floor press um but uh, yeah, definitely get more intensity, I guess, or more more strain, more benefit, I think, from uh, like pistol squats or working my way up to a pistol squat because the ankle mobility is not super amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, single arm push-ups is very very challenging. Um, those were the those were the big two. And then uh, doing some other stuff with, uh, there's a dumbbell, an adjustable dumbbell downstairs too. Oh, that's so, not bad. That gives some yeah. decent resistance then. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice it's a nice setup here for sure. And then uh, getting out to the track once or twice. Doing some sprints. Um, did two jogs that I hated, but I guess was proud of myself when I did them. <laughs> for actually going out and doing something that was going to be miserable. And I ran further than I thought, which was it's not up. far. It's an upside it was, to it. Yeah. So anyway, 
And what about, what about you though? Cause you're working out like consistently at home these days. I've only worked out at home or when the weather was good. Like we have snow on the ground now. Um, Jeez. I so know. I haven't been, I haven't been outside since maybe late September to actually do something mm-hmm. fitness oriented or run or sprint or do anything like that. But oh wow, yeah, I've been, I think it was March 17th was like when everything got shut down here mm-hmm. and I went out and bought a few kettlebells and I've just completely trained at home. Mm-hmm. I haven't set foot in a weight room to lift since then. So I've only been, only been doing kettlebell and body weight stuff kind of, you know, in and around the house and trying to get creative and take advantage of some of the other, you know, things in a house, whether it's couches or tables or countertops and things like that and try to try to get creative. So I've definitely in some ways really changed the way that I train and in other ways have still done some things that I've always kind of traditionally traditionally done. What are those uh, traditional things that like you haven't changed at all? Well, I mean, would, would you describe me as a unilateral or bilateral lifter or where are my preferences? Definitely unilateral. Yeah. So I mean, for me going from like doing a bunch of RFS type stuff or split squat to then doing pistol squat stuff isn't drastically different, but it was a fun new challenge. Nonetheless, an easier transition than, than mine, I think. Likely given where you're always on two feet and squatting and then all of a sudden you're going arguably the hardest variation of a single leg squat. So, so I mean, in that regard, the idea of trying to still move fast and doing a lot of unilateral things is still present in my training, but I'm doing it in very different ways. I've, you know, spent a lot more time with the single arm uh, push up as opposed to, you know, dumbbell pressing or something like that. Um, yeah, the pistol squat has been has been huge. I basically bought the kettlebells just so I could do kettlebell swings as well uh, and some rows and things like that. But there's still a big focus on, you know, the unilateral training and still trying to find a way to do some like jumping or bounding or something a little more reactive. Um, you know, whether it's jumping in place or something like that, where the ceilings are, are a little bit higher, but yeah, the single arm push up and the, the pistol squat have been the two big ones. The first thing I did when the lockdown happened was I went back and reread, um, the naked warrior by Pavel, which is all the progressions and regressions of the single arm push up and the pistol squat, which you could argue are maybe the hardest body weight exercises to do. So possibly the best way to keep you strong at a time where you maybe don't have access to external load or external weight. So that was one of the first things I did. And I made the goal of, okay, can I start to do pistol squats more consistently and get more reps out of them? And then I wasn't able to do a single arm push up. So I was like, okay, let's take the time during the, you know, the quarantine or when things aren't open from a gym perspective to like see if I can do one and, and work my way towards it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I remember you sent that to me when this all kind of happened and yeah, it's, I mean, those are definitely the two hardest, I would say body weight exercises aside from, I don't know if you would count a single arm pull up because it's 
Uh, you need a oh, bar yeah. to be able to do that, but that's harder still, I would say. Pro- that um, would be very difficult. Depending, depending yeah. who you are anyway. Still, it's, um, that's an impressive feat nonetheless. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pistol squats are tough and single arm push-ups is no joke, man. Man, Even, they are like, so hard. Doing them elevated, like it's deceptive how challenging those things are. Like if you go up to a kitchen counter and put both hands and push up and down off the kitchen counter, it's a joke. Like yeah, it's, it's very it's easy to do. You do it with yeah. one hand, and even though you are elevated to such a high level, it's it's humbling. Mm-hmm. Well, because even with the single arm push up on the ground, you're so rotated, like your hips are not square to the ground at all, um, and your shoulders are not square to the ground at all. At least when I do, maybe there's people that can do them while keeping everything square. That's I try impressive. to stay square. Yeah, that's an impressive amount. Because I feel like then I'm also getting some anti rotation work in there. Oh, a lot. as well. Cause if you can brace your body. So I've been, yeah. I've been very stringent and strict with my form as I've tried to learn how to do these. Yeah. I've taken so. it very slowly in terms of progressing myself to a, a more and more aggressive angle to the, yeah. to the floor. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's very impressive then if you can do that, but I remember trying to do them elevated to like do a little bit more volume and also to try and, you know, work on some of like staying more square and targeting um because i think when you do it uh like when you let yourself rotate then it ends up being a lot more um like front delt and tricep dominant yeah as opposed to getting like that the stretch through the pec um so get more of that involved but it's it's tough man when you change the angle too, that like the moment Mm -hmm. arm that you're working on so you can start to move more of the weight over top of the limb Mm-hmm. that you're pressing with as opposed to if you stay nice and square, then the weight that you're pushing is much further offset. Yes. Right. So it's like trying to close a door with the handle versus if you try to close a door from the part that's really close to the hinge, like where the hinges mm-hmm. are, makes it a lot yeah. tougher to kind of get it, to get it moving. So yeah, you can feel yourself in the single arm push up If things start to get tough, you start to rotate and turn. Mm-hmm. away from being in that square position to make it a little easier to drive yourself up. Yeah. And like going into extension instead of saying like nice and neutral and stuff like that too. Yeah. That's tough. But uh, I mean the, the root of that, of both those exercises is taking something that's uh, I mean, depending on who you are, like if you don't have a lot of training experience, I guess like, doing normal push-ups and normal squats or normal lunges are, you know, it's challenging. Yeah. Um, and then you can get a good amount of stimulus out of that. But if you find those to be pretty easy, you know, like I imagine, um, well, at the beginning of quarantine, I was able to do 50 push-ups in a row. I tried that once. Um, you can probably do a lot more than that, I would guess. So push-ups aren't really. I have no idea how many I could do. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever actually tried to do as many as I could. Mm. Um, but anyway, I will not report ups. back on the either. I don't really want to try to do as many as I could. Yeah, I don't think you should try. Um, <laughs> Doesn't sound fun, but no, it's not fun. Um, but when, I mean, when you get in that in that territory, like push-ups, just push-ups are not really that beneficial. I don't think, depending on what you're trying to go for. Like if you're trying to go for muscular endurance, then you can obviously absolutely 
try to, you know, if you can do 50, then try to get up to 80 or a hundred or whatever and progress that way. But if you're trying to, you know, be strong and powerful, things like that, then uh, changing the base of support, changing the moment arm, changing the tempo, things like that are going to be ones that increase the difficulty without increasing the load. Well, and it helps bridge the gap too, where if you're somebody who, like, what if you can squat 600 pounds mm-hmm. and now you're at home and you have no external load and the, the, the intensity is so drastically different for you to s- squat body weight versus with an extra 600 pounds in this case, for example. So what can you do to make the exercise more challenging to help inch it and bring it closer to that level of intensity you're used to training at? So that then in a scenario where things open up, you go back to the gym. It's not a massive shock to your body and your system that, you know, you're now piling all this weight on top of the movements that you haven't been exposed to. And however long this next round of gym closures is going to be going to be on for. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and I think that's probably like, I think most people want to, be able to do that. But I think a lot of people without thinking about it um, in this context, just don't really know how to do it, like how to create tension without load. Cause obviously we've been to gyms for our entire lives or, you know, the last 10, 15 years or whatever. Um, and so you haven't had to get creative until, well, until now. Right. Yeah. But, the uh, tension thing's a really, really great thing to bring up. Cause that's another reason I'd, I love that that book by Pavel is mm-hmm. some of the tension building drills as well. Right. So, you know, being in a, being in a front plank position and then trying to squeeze the ground with your toes and the elbows, right. To create a lot of tension in the plank. You can do the same thing with the side plank where you're trying to pull the forearm and the elbow down toward the feet and you pinch the ground. Um, you know, a, an Aussie crunch where you're kind of set up on the ground as if you were going to do a crunch, but you just press your, your back and your spine into the ground as hard as you can. And you create a lot of tension in the midsection. Uh, I've seen some dowel rotation work and you don't need a dowel. Like I have a broomstick here that I use for that. And you set up in like a tall kneeling or half kneeling position and you reach the, the broomstick or the dowel out in front of you and you have it already set up against a wall or an immovable object and you press into it and then you can get a little more tension from a rotational standpoint. There's a lot of drills that you can try at mm-hmm. home like that, which keep the, the intensity or the intent of trying to be as strong or as powerful as possible easier because you actually have something to put force into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's a big one. I think that a lot of people won't think about is you always have something to push against. So you can always do some kind of an isometric. Um, and those all, I haven't, I've heard of some of those. I haven't heard of all those, um, yeah. but it's, I think it's mostly like a, mostly like a, tor- a torso exercise. Um, which doing those for stability makes a lot of sense in, you know, pretty much any context. Um, but I think the amount of effort that you're able to put into those 
makes it a full body exercise as well. And exactly. And you're not going to get the same tension in your quads as you would with, you know, a 600 pound squat, but you'll get some, you know, and you're going to get a lot in your core and you're going to get a lot in your arms and in your back and in your chest and everything. So, and even just with the nervous system too, Mm. right? Like neurally, you're still required to drive as hard as you can. So in terms of, you know, how quickly the signals are being sent, how dense the signals are from your brain, it still produces a lot of those same things. And like I said, I like the one with the dowel into the wall and pressing into the ground mm-hmm. because it's, it's easy. It's not that different from training in a gym where you have some sort of external thing and you have to press or pull or, or do something to it. And now mm-hmm. it's not just giving you an immovable object like the wall or the ground but you have at least something external to help think, okay, push as hard as I can into the wall or as hard as I can into the ground, which can be a little bit trickier to do with, you know, maybe something like the, like that plank variant where you're trying to squeeze the ground. That can be a little bit harder for a novice versus just pushing into the wall or, or the ground. But I think those are ways that you can keep the intensity up and keep really high neural drive and mitigate the potential loss in performance you're going to have going mm-hmm. back into the weight room later on. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like a novice uh, is going to get a good amount of stimulus from a normal plank and from push-ups, from squats, from lunges, you know? So I think that like, that's fine. And then people that have spent a lot of time in the gym and are very strong and require those higher higher levels of tension and neural drive and stuff, then theoretically they should be able to develop that. They should have that level of coordination to be able to uh, develop that. But yeah, there's always something to push against. Like I was, I mentioned to you, um, like my brother mentioned training at home as, as uh, something that we could talk about. Um, We have credit to Ben who came up with the, uh, the idea for that. Mm -hmm. And I know he'll like that because he was upset that you didn't, use any of the things he's talked about in the opening lines. So yeah, maybe we will. And maybe I'll give him the credit of that too. Um, but, uh, yeah. So when I was talking to him about it, um, he mentioned like certain muscle groups as being a little bit harder to train. Um, he mentioned biceps and, uh, and lats as being ones that he had a hard, harder time thinking about. Um, training because you know you can do push-ups you can do pistol squats um, and you can do like I mean variations of push-ups will let you hit your chest a little bit more your shoulders or your triceps a little bit more Um, and you can do like hinges and glute bridges and things like that Um, but uh, yeah biceps and and lats I guess are tricky because like most people will do you know pull-ups or lat pull-downs if you don't have a pull-up bar then that's not an option Um, and bicep curls you know there isn't like nobody ever does uh, variations without weight for those things. Um, but isometrics, I think, are a really easy way to hit both of those. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Like you can you can curl your countertop. or And you can also get creative with furniture. You know, like a dining room chair is a good enough weight, I think, to curl. Um, well, and even old, if you decide to put in like an ISO hold somewhere in there as well. Where hold it for 10 seconds and then do another rep and then hold it for 10 seconds. Like well, exactly. You're going to fatigue. Yeah. If, if that's what you're looking for, like just putting 
stress through the muscle. Mm-hmm. Isos are dangerous. Oh yeah. They, yeah. they are a lot harder than people will think that they typically yeah. are. Just, you're just yeah, messing with the tempo. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot you can do with different tempos and stuff. Um, and, uh, and then with the lats, like you can use the floor, like similar to the Aussie crunch that you mentioned earlier. Um, like you can push into the floor in so many different positions and target so many different muscles Yeah, by, by doing that, just lying down on the ground, face up or face down and just there's you a press lot into the ground. And you could even be in a push up position and try to corkscrew your hands mm-hmm. into the ground and you feel the lat almost like you're, you know, trying to crack an egg in your armpit or something like that. And you just create mm-hmm. a lot of tension and that's going to put a lot of stimulus through the lat. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. not in a traditional way because we always think about the lat from an upper, like not always, but oftentimes from like a pulling action of the the upper, the upper yeah. limb. But the lat acts on the shoulder, so you can do a lot of shoulder bracing, mm-hmm. shoulder tension type things, which will provide a lot of stimulus through the lat. Yeah, and just good coordination stuff, you know, like things that are. Um, and that's the other thing that it, I think it comes down to your goals in this kind of a time. Like if you are still really focused on getting stronger than you're going to do like various neural drive and muscle tension stuff, you'll do your pistol squats and you'll, you'll mess with the tempo to make them challenging. And, um, and you'll do, yeah, like these various like ISO holds that are going to be really good for your neural drive. Um, but it's also an opportunity if you want to, to work on things that you're just really terrible at and you know get a better core brace or uh, get better at bracing your shoulders or bracing your hips or you know a lot of people that have been powerlifters are are running now um because and it's, they must hate that i mean like yes and no some some people hate it some people like it you know if you make it a game okay. and just <laughs> it's just it's, a, it's just another thing that you can progress with right yeah um you know and or getting out to the track and sprinting. Like sometimes it's just fun. And sometimes you just need to be active for the sake of being active without working towards, uh, you know, the goals that are specific to you, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was something I like that you kind of mentioned that because that was something I'd written down in sort of these, these quick notes was, you know, depending on the, the sport or the activity or what someone does is what do you actually define as that general prep work? Uh, for, for that person, because that general prep stuff is the type of thing that you can do very easily at home because you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily need either fancy or specific equipment from your sport or your activity. And you're working on things that are, I guess you could describe as more base of the pyramid. And I don't know if you often see this, but you know, I see it from a, a sports standpoint, not just with track, but with other sports as well, that we often get caught up in the like the competitive activity itself and we get caught up in there's a season we get caught up in there's games and competitions and sometimes that general prep or that base of the pyramid stuff tends to get neglected because we don't necessarily have the most amount of time for it because we view it as less important as something that will directly transfer to the sport or the activity that they're doing so i think this is a good chance for people whether you're an athlete or someone who just likes training or your coach or anything like that to really start to rethink what is that base of the pyramid for you 
because that right there is going to give you all kinds of ideas and goals in terms of what do I want to accomplish in this, in this time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I can think of a few occasions where there's been stuff that I want to, uh, maybe not general prep work, but there's things, there's adaptations or changes to technique that take a lot longer than others. Um, and sometimes to work on those things, you really have to scale back. But if you're always in competition or you're always, you know, in games or whatever, you don't have time to do that because you're competitive and you need to always be pushing. Um, so yeah, it's a great opportunity to, like I mentioned before, scale back and just work on your bracing technique, work on your upper back tightness, like things like your cues, you know, the things that you think about during lifts, but don't ever practice by themselves. Like you have time to practice them by themselves now. Exactly. Um, and, and things like, yeah, working on the minor muscle groups, like we've talked about, um, I don't know if it's been on the pod or if it's been just, just us before, but all the like neglected muscle groups, we'll try to hit those in deload weeks. Um, You've mentioned because, that concept before. Um, yeah. Cause I like they're important. Air, I don't know how specifically you've, or I don't remember how specifically you went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause like it's all, everything's important. Uh, I mentioned last time about the, the weak link in the chain and uh, or two times ago, whatever. Um, and it doesn't matter like from a technical standpoint if you know in your squat your quads are weaker than your hips then your quads are going to be your limiting factor in your squat but at some point like your whole body's a chain and if your calves are just really really weak and so much weaker than everything else in your body then maybe they're not going to be the thing that makes you fail a squat but maybe they're going to become painful or your knee's going to become painful because of it, or your hip's going to become painful because of it. You never know. You know. And while I was mentioning to you before that I had bicep pain because of forearm weakness, I've had other athletes have shoulder pain because of forearm weakness. You know, there's all kinds of things where something you don't think about because, you know, your forearm is not going to make or break the difference in your bench press or your squat or your deadlift other than grip maybe. Um so you don't train them because training your glutes and your quads and your pecs is more important. Exactly. Um, but for health reasons, you need to be training them. And that's, yeah, that's another thing that you definitely can be doing now because you, all you need to train your forearms is a broomstick. So, or a rice bucket or a rice bucket. Have you tried some of those rice bucket things? I have not. No, the, the one forearm they can exercise be that I go to, I'm sure, I'm sure it can. I'm yeah. Sure it can. I've seen people do it. Um, with uh, various like re- recovering from broken hands and things. Yeah. Um, but no, my favorite is with the, the broomstick and you've got the, the broom head at the bottom. Yeah. You grip it nice and high right by the handle and you just try to rotate. It's, it's a tough one. It's, well, yeah. Cause the leverage is completely against you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. And that, that's great that you kind of brought that up because that's kind of what I was referring to, like with that general prep stuff about, you know, if you have the whole list of maybe 20 things that you think, might relate to your sport or your activity and the things that are in the top half usually get focused on a lot. And the things that are in the Mm -hmm. bottom half are probably the first things to go or get neglected if there's a time crunch or competition coming up or anything like that. So anytime the like 
traditional training space is closed, that's an opportunity to kind of go after those types of things. And, you know, you might not be able to move fast or heavy or, you know, do the things you normally would do in your training environment, but you can potentially set the stage to come back afterwards and be moving better for all those things when you get back into what we could refer to as a traditional training environment in that regard. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. If there's yeah mobility restrictions or uh, yeah, just little things that aren't rotating properly or contracting, activating properly. Like, yeah, this is a perfect time. Perfect time. Like I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the neglected things are for sprinters or other track and field athletes. You can maybe speak on those, but for powerlifters, like for a lot of them, biceps, forearms, for sure. Calves, for sure. Feet, like who's exercising their feet, but now you have all you, all the time in the world and, and everything you need to work out your feet right now. Um, hip flexors, you know, and a lot of people and rotator cuffs and a lot of people will neglect their core work as well. So, you know, yeah, I mean, to, to hit all those things. Yeah. For like, for us in the sprint side, it's an opportunity to definitely go after the feet in the lower leg. Um, we, you know, with running and sprinting and jumping and all those activities, a lot of force going through the lower, the lower half of the leg. So being able to do some of those smaller lower leg or foot exercises that maybe someone runs at a time with at the end of the session, or you're already at the end of the three hour session. And it's like, do I really want to spend another 20 minutes doing these other things? You have time to address those types of things. You know, some of the, the torso or stability work, uh, in a very novel way. So maybe instead of like med ball or cable based stuff, now you have a chance to do, you know, different carries with odd implements going up and down stairs or, or something, something like that. Um, and just in, in general, the mobility piece, right? How many times do varsity athletes typically, you know, neglect you know, mobility in the shoulder, the hips or other things like that. Cause they just don't have time for it or it's not deemed to be super important. So a great opportunity for them to kind of go after some of those things and just kind of set the body in a good posture. You see so often people with that forward hunched posture, especially varsity athletes because of the sitting and studying and, and those types of activities that bit of a chance to kind of bring the posture back to potentially a better a better place because they have less activity in their sport and hopefully more time to address those types of things mm-hmm. yeah definitely definitely 100 percent um another thing that i wanted to mention is uh like we talked about getting creative with the loading mm-hmm. and you know finding like you know furniture that you can move or uh things you can throw in a backpack or whatever just help a friend move well, that's there's a, that. That's a lot of work. <laughs> there's something, there's, yeah, there's something to be said for that. Jeez. Yeah. Just grab a friend and move your couch up and down the stairs a few times. <laughs> that's, for no good reason. <laughs> for no good reason. Yeah. That's perfect. Um, no, what I was going to say is actually, and if you have a friend that you, maybe your friend's asking you to help move, that means you have a friend. Um, then you can use your friend as resistance, honestly. Like, if you have a friend or a partner to work out with, then you can, you can do anything. Well, yeah. You can do like ISO holds against 
like, you know, pushing, pulling type stuff against one another. And mm -hmm. there's a, yeah, that having a, like a partner to work out with. Yeah. Opens up a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You can do, you can row your partner. You can do, yeah. Resisted bicep, tricep, you know, stuff like that. You can do, uh, I mean, you can put them on your back and squat them. Yeah. Depending obviously on how heavy your partner is and how strong you are, but carry them up the stairs. Yeah. All kinds of, all kinds of options, all kinds of options. I feel like a resisted hamstring one would be like good and bad at the same time. Yeah. I mean, and that, but that's the thing too, is with a partner, you or Nordics, the, the resistance can be, yeah. Well, there's that. Um, yeah. with the partner, the resistance can be variable exactly as well. Like they can, they can always be, uh, resisting you en enough that it's very challenging, but that you can overcome it. Exactly. Yeah. You can, you get the, the adjustment on the fly as you're moving mm -hmm. through whatever, whatever mm -hmm. action it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And the same kind of thing works with the, well, you can use actually, if you, if you don't have a partner, you can use. I think you can get creative with the isometrics a little bit as well um, and make them more of a dynamic or like isotonic kind of a thing. Um, like there's a, have you seen like a slide board hamstring curl? Yes. Um, so that kind of a thing where you're using the force of your heel into the ground to create resistance and then, and then dragging from there. And the, the harder you push into the ground, the harder the exercise is. And you, it's up to you how much tension you are creating and pulling against, right? Um, so I feel like there would be a way to do that in a lot of other situations as well, where you're pushing into a wall or pushing into the floor as hard as you want to and then moving through a range of motion. Yeah, I like that you brought up the the partner because there were some other things I wanted to like talk about, like, oh, things mm -hmm. like tried and you know, what's working, what's not working. The hamstring slider that you talked about, mm -hmm. that one's really easy to do at home because if you have some sort of like slick or like flat floor that's made of like yeah. tile or anything like tile that. Tile or hardwood. Yeah. yeah, small towel. Mm -hmm. And you can put it on your under your heels and do hamstring stuff. You can put it on your hands or under your feet and do like a body saw plank. Mm -hmm. So either holding a plank position then sliding your hands backwards and forwards to make the plank more harder or you put it on your feet and then you anchor at your forearms and you saw back and forth in the front plank. Mm -hmm. You can do like reverse slider lunges, reverse or lateral slider lunges. There's a lot of things you can do with. Those you just tough. put a towel on the floor. Yeah. And as long as that floor slides, so you don't yeah. need to go out and buy a fancy slider for $20 mm -hmm. or uh, get those. I think there's ones that you like, like boots and you put like the, Oh, like little socks or something. Yeah. And yeah. they like wrap around your shoes and then it makes it slick. Yeah. Um, so it slides better, but yeah, just get a, a small towel mm -hmm. and try a few different ones and see which ones slide the best. And then you have mm -hmm. all kinds of, you know, sliding variations. If, if you punch into Google slide board exercises, mm-hmm you're going to find oh, yeah. so sure. many things. And now just putting a towel on the ground opens up the opportunity to do all those different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like you could do a lot of the same stuff with the upper body too. And it would be, yeah, just tremendous. And I feel even, even without, you know, having the restrictions of the gym, like if you wanted to be good at like uh, body weight exercises and things like that, that would be a good medium, I think, to. Or save uh, money on gym membership or, you know, if you're worried that, oh, I'm away for two or three weeks and I can't be in the gym, what can I do? You can do these anywhere. If you mm-hmm. were like, if you had to leave for work for two or three weeks and you're in a hotel room or you're, you know, somewhere where you're not normally and you don't have access to a gym or anything like that, these can go with you virtually anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Has there been any other like fun stuff you've played around with at home to train, like to share some ideas um, with people? A little bit, like not, I wouldn't say I've done this super, super seriously, but again, it was just an idea, an idea that literally I had yesterday while I was talking to my brother about this. Okay. Um, Like if you, so anyone can flex their bicep, right? That's something that's super, super common to do. Um, And that in itself is an isometric contraction where your bicep is like pulling against the resistance of your tricep. So if you're coordinated, I feel like you can like keep both of those things flexed and then move through a range of motion, which is kind of them like an isotonic contraction. Mm-hmm. And it requires a good amount of coordination, but it's another thing where the amount of resistance is up to you. Um, and with any movement, I think like, like if you do a bird dog, really really well and force a lot of tension through your core it's very very challenging yeah like if you really try to reach that hand and foot as Mm -hmm. far away as possible and think about like pushing to create that length yeah like that's and things like that yeah and you mentioned with the with the planks and stuff like pulling into the ground like you can make uh any exercise hard and with with within your body there's like for every muscle that goes one way, you have another muscle or two or three that go the other way. Yeah. You know, so there's always things that can resist your movement within your body. Um, so you have the power to create as much tension as you want already within yourself. And then it takes a lot of coordination to move through a range of motion while creating that tension. And I don't know what the results would be in terms of like strength or coordination or hypertrophy. Like coordination, I can tell you is probably going to be like super, super high. It's likely um, going to get better. It, but uh, in terms of the other stuff, I'm not sure. But that was something that was interesting, and I might actually start playing around with it because it it seems like it could be interesting. Yeah, I haven't thought about it from like that isotonic standpoint. Like you said, there's tension, and you're moving through. I've been doing a lot of that ISO bracing stuff with Mm -hmm. the athletes I'm working with in the weight room on the team, especially when they come from track and they've just been running and doing kind of more fluid and coordinated stuff. And then 20 minutes later, they're in the weight room and they have to create a lot of tension and move load. So I've been using some of those planks or dowel presses or Aussie crunch or other things like that to kind of bridge the gap from when they come in from the track before we get under a bar, do anything like that. Let's create some tension in, in the shoulders and the hips and in the torso and be braced and ready to go move some load. 
So, mm. and it yeah. seems to be working all right. I do that when I work out at home. I'll do some mobility stuff and then go through a few rounds of some like tension circuits and then I'll break out the weights and the kettlebells. Yeah. No, that's, that's really cool. Cause I think even without these restrictions, that's, that stuff would be, and I mean, assuming you didn't destroy yourself doing it would be an amazing like prehab exercise. You know, like you talk about doing the big three before yep. you get into your load to create stiffness. Like that's one exercise done really, really well is full body stiffness ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's cool that you just brought that up because it's, I've, like I said, I've sort of been using it in, in mm-hmm. practice. Um, mm-hmm. And by practice, I mean like in real life with, with people that I'm working with. And there's been right. some other fun, like I mentioned the rice bucket. I was at yeah. Safeway and I saw there was like a 16 pound thing of rice on sale for like $9. Yeah. And then I went down the other aisle where there's cleaning supplies and bought a bucket for $4. And I got the rice buckets in there to, you know, mm-hmm. do some forearm and grip work. Cause I'm limited with how much load I can hang on to now. Cause I only have a few kettlebells. Right. So you can't put three or 400 pounds on a bar anymore and try to hang on to it and get mm-hmm. some of that, that tension. So I've been playing around with the rice buckets. Um, like the four or five liter water jugs are, are useful. You don't fill them quite all the way. So that way the load moves around a little bit and mm. do a Turkish get up with it mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. do an overhead carry and walk up and down the stairs. Uh, there's a lot of things where now it's like a, like a dynamic load and you can do some, you know, overhead lunges, carries up and down the stairs, Turkish get ups, a lot of things that, are now going to be more challenging because the load moves around. So, you know, yeah. so if you want to talk about building stability and, you know, maybe building some athleticism in different planes and different movements that you're not used to use an old, at least out here in Alberta, we have the, like the milk is in the four liter jugs. So I just used one of the, one of the leftover jugs instead of throwing it in the recycler and just washed it out and filled it up with water. Mm-hmm. And I use that as a, a training tool that I use at home. Yeah. Yeah. No, you guys a, have the a, bags of milk, so that doesn't work quite yeah, as well. doesn't work as well, but we got the big jugs that you put in your, in your water uh, filter thing. Oh, those would be dangerous. Those things are huge. Yeah. They're huge. Can you imagine doing a get up with that? I mean, you can get smaller ones too, but yeah. No, but I'm thinking like if I would, now I want to go out and buy one of those large ones <laughs> and use it for stuff. Yeah. But no, that's, that's a really good point. I'm glad you mentioned that as well because um, obviously there's things around like books and, and, uh, you know, we mentioned furniture, like there's a lot of things around the house that's just really awkward. And if you can like a water bottle is something that moves around and it's going to get you that added stability bonus, like the, the instability you can create outside of just changing the base of support exactly. is another thing that's going to make something more difficult, not just the amount of legs you're using, um, not just, you know, the tempo you're using. Um, and the other thing that I just remembered was the range of motion that you can play with as well. Um, if, if, especially if you're going after like more hypertrophy style training, um, well, yeah, cause then you get greater range, you damage the muscle more like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, so you can, and, and I think typically, especially like for power lifters, um, a lot of times you're not really going into those really deep ranges of motion. You're trying as hard as you can to avoid those really deep ranges of motion. Well, it's not um, beneficial. Yeah. 
Why would you squat lower than you needed to? Exactly. If you don't have to, that's exactly. Yeah. But you, uh, but you yeah, you, but you get a lot of hypertrophy benefits from going in that range. So, um, like deficit pushups, um, squatting, you know, with your heels elevated and going deeper and putting a lot of load on the quads. Um, or one that I really, really like is not just an RFS or, uh, whatever you FFS front foot. Front elevated. foot yeah. FFS. Uh, but, uh, if you do both elevated, then your knee doesn't hit the ground so you can go deeper. Exactly. And, man, does it torture quads. That's means so to take hard. advantage of the stairs. Yeah. Right? You so, use yeah, stairs exactly. as a, as a step and you can do like push-ups, make them easier and go on an incline. If maybe yeah. you don't want to venture into the world of a single arm push-up, but you want to make push-ups harder, just put your feet up on the stairs. Yeah. And so there's, there's a lot of things that you can, like you said, you can do to manipulate positions and range of motion and, Mm-hmm. And, two, and like you said with the push up like do you just throw like textbooks underneath your hands or whatever and then yeah 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 textbooks or like a stool or like and because the thing is you don't need to be right like you don't need to go to the ground you can be elevated as high as you want and just go yeah. as deep as you can you know so you could set up between two kitchen chairs or something like that well, and even other stuff too, like you talk about kitchen ter- chairs, like if you have a, like a really sturdy table, mm-hmm. you know, back to your brother's point about, oh, how do I train biceps and lats? And some of the pulling exercises are harder to do. Table rows. If you have a good sturdy yeah. table, just get underneath mm-hmm. and start pulling up towards the, the tabletop. You can do rows mm-hmm. in a doorway. Yep. Like a single arm row. Um, I haven't tried those. Even I wonder if, you, if they're as dangerous yeah. as the single arm push up where you try to row yourself up and you're like, man, this is not nearly as easy as I thought it was going to be. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think the hardest thing with that would just be getting a grip. You yeah. Know? Like you we've done single arm TRX rows in the past. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Like it would be, it would be tough with the grip to be almost like underhanded in, in some regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So that that is definitely another thing that would make it uh, pretty tricky. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of good stuff for sure today. A lot of options to get creative that maybe, um, I mean, some of them definitely really effective uh, at doing some valuable things. Anyway, um, got to be careful about selecting the tool that you want to do the job. But regardless, I think they're all at least interesting and fun to try. Well, and it hopefully gives something like if, you know, if you are listening and or watching and working out at home and need some ideas and it's like, oh, I never thought of that or, you know, this might be fun to try. It can, you know, potentially make training at home a little more fun. Mm-hmm. Like as yeah, you might have definitely. some goals or like, I want to try this thing. This is different. This is new. It's exciting. It's interesting. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, motivated or encouraged to try this stuff now. And yeah. is it? Yeah. You know. I think the some of the biggest things with training out at home is that is it partly maybe it's too easy because you're strong and all you're doing is push ups. Um or partly it's just boring because you don't have a lot of options. But either way there's some things in here that are going to be very challenging 
and uh, and a lot of variation anyway. So, yeah, so go yeah. out, give them a try, some of them, yeah, and report back to us. Yeah, definitely. Let us know what you think. Um, and another or some of our was, experiments failed. Like, hey, I tried this idea that you mentioned. It doesn't work. It's like, well, good to know, because yeah. I won't give it to anybody now. Yeah, <laughs> look like an <laughs> That's idiot. Right. Um, yeah, and. Well, I guess so. I was gonna, I, I was gonna say something else, but we'll say that after the music bit. Um, you you can say it now if you want. Fine. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see if it if it plays out nicely like this or not. Um, You've teased the yes. audience now. Yeah. So report back to us, and if you have anything else that you think we should know, or that we should talk about, or questions, or whatever, uh, yeah, just reach out to either of us individually on Instagram or. Um, or the the show Instagram, or leave comments on the YouTube videos yeah. or whatever. Yeah, lots of stuff. Contact us if you if you so desire. And that would be at Braden Southern for you, correct? Yes. On Instagram, and then that would yes. be at Speed Strength Performance uh, for myself. Yeah, or at Speed Strength Show for for the show. The, yeah. for the show. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and then music. What have you been listening to at home these days? I'm still on the thrash train right now. Nice. Um, newer stuff though this week. I had a, a number of different bands playing that were, you know, kind of from like the 2010s on, let's say. So mm. kind of the new wave of thrash metal. So, you know, Municipal Waste, Toxic Holocaust, Havoc, uh, The Lost Society, some, you know, they're heavy, they're fast. It's mm-hmm. what else do I want to lift to? Yeah. If I need the motivation yeah, yeah. to do another single leg pistol squat or another single arm push up, and I hear 190 beats per minute of distorted guitar, I'm like, okay, I can do another one. We're good. Yeah. So, there you are. so yeah, a little bit of that new wave of, uh, of thrash metal. So, metal's not quite dead yet. Mm-hmm. There's still people making new stuff. So, that's good to see. No, there you are. Very good. What about um, yourself? What melting pot mishmash of random music have you thrown into the <laughs> into the blender this week? Um, it's still been a decent amount of Bon Iver. Okay. Um, I have been listening to a little bit of Viking music. Um, Wardruna and Highlung are a couple of bands that uh, do okay, some... define Viking music. Uh like viking folk songs okay yeah you should listen it's, to folk it's pretty metal. it's pretty cool and that sounds amazing honestly it, I it think is I amazing look into that. it's very good you should yeah. just give it a listen yeah um i listened to a little bit of beastie boys inspired by you the other day um and that was nice but mostly honestly um when I've been like driving places, I've been listening to podcasts lately. Um, Hopefully not uh, this one. I feel like that'd be weird if you were listening to. No, not this one. Your own podcast. I listen to this one for quality control and, and uh, preparation for the next one. In quotations. That's how I'll describe it. Making sure it's not terrible. Um, The bar is low. (laughs) The bar is low. The bar is low. No, I, uh, I'm a big time nerd. If the people who have looked at the books I'm reading and can't figure that out yet, 
big time nerd and I've been listening to a D and D podcast. Um, oh, and wow. it's been very fun. Yeah. Do you play? Yeah. I don't play cause I don't have a group to play with, but I would love to. You know what? If you needed someone to play with and join the group, I'll give it a go. You would try D and D for me. Why? For absolutely. Why not? Oh, all right. How you're the least nerdy be? person. How well, bad could it be? I, I think it's fun, but you're the least per- nerdy person I know. So, I, but it's it's strategy based, right? It can be. Yeah, and I like to th- I like to think I'm a big thinker. So, big maybe, thinker. Maybe it'll work. Yeah, maybe it'll. work. I'd be down to give right. it a shot, though. If you need okay. people, call me up. I'll do it. <laughs> okay. And that's on air, so I'll I'll be held yeah. to it. You're locked in now. That's right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I got to go look up how to play now, just in case. Oh, there's lots of rules. <sighs> okay. A lot of a lot of fun YouTube content. YouTube's better. You don't need to read anything. Just watch YouTube. Okay. I will. Yeah. I'll be prepared for that then. <laughs> All right. Well, then I think that was the Speed Strength Show. I think Thanks so. For coming. Thanks for coming along, world. I'm Braden. I'm Tommy. And we'll see you next week. Peace.